Hello Tennis Weekly listeners, this episode is brought to you by Tennis Channel. Tennis Channel is the only place in the UK where you can watch the 2022 Davis Cup finals and catch players like Felix Auger-Aliassime, Matteo Berrettini, Marin Cilic, Francis Tiafo, and Denis Shapovalov as they battle it out for their nations to become the world champions of tennis. You'll also be able to catch the Battle of the Brits in December featuring Andy Murray where he will be taking on the likes of Jack Draper and Dan Evans. Plus, with the Tennis Channel subscription, you get exclusive access to original shows featuring top players, award-winning documentaries, and coaching videos. Sign up now to Tennis Channel at www.tennischannel.app or download the app and use the code UKDC at checkout for 50% off your annual subscription. That's just £12.50 for an entire year's worth of access to Tennis Channel. So once again, that's www.tennischannel.app or download the app and use the code UKDC at the checkout for 50% off. And the link is in the description. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel and Kim, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. On today's Billie Jean King Cup Day 4 catch-up. Switzerland sweep past Canada. USA exits early. And Team GB prepare for their date with destiny. Chris, today is the 11th of November and we are here to catch up on day four of the Billie Jean King Cup finals here in Glasgow at Tennis Weekly HQ. We are breaking tradition. We are not recording the the morning after. We are recording as the day goes. We're in between the day match and the evening match. So we've just coming out of Switzerland versus Canada. We've had the two singles and the doubles and Switzerland came through 2-1. I think the big story here was in the singles where we were sort of expecting them to split them, but actually Switzerland 2-0 up, job done. I know, it was a bit disappointing really because I think this one had top billing and a lot of people thought that Canada might be the team that would come through it, but Bianca started so strongly and then kind of just lost it, um, lost her groove quite a bit. So that was a surprising result. And I think we did potentially think that Benchich would take the second uh, singles of the number one players. But we thought that last tie would be live, but unfortunately it wasn't. So not quite the tie we hoped for, but uh, Switzerland have definitely shown there they mean business. Absolutely. I mean, Switzerland talked about in their, in their press conference afterwards the consistency that they've shown because they reached the semi-finals last year in, in Prague. The final last year. Exactly. And now they're back in the semi-finals this year. So they showed that they've got a very strong team. And even though we thought, you know, they were going to be very dependent on, on Teitman and Bencic playing the singles, even bringing Goljubic in in that first match, she was fantastic I think you know bar the you know the first set she also you know stopped that kind of mini fight back in in the third set from Andrescu but it just shows actually changed my perception a little bit thinking well they're just a a two-person team really actually they can call on other players in their squad to help get the job done yeah I mean absolutely we asked the question whether they were planning on to rotate their uh, their team or not and um, what we found out was that they said they were, and they have. Um, I didn't think that Goldiebich had shown much form coming into the week, but when Bianca was asked about her great track record against Jill Teichman, it probably um, that match upset Swiss alarm bells ringing because 
clearly they made the right decision by putting Golubic in because that's a very different sort of player, a very different ball you're going to get back in. Having lost twice to Bianca already, Teichmann probably wasn't the best player to put into that. And having had that epic over three hours, having some rest and then kind of taking to the court for a bit of a doubles refresher later leaves them all probably feeling pretty fresh heading into the semi-finals. Yeah, it was an impressive victory from Golubic. I mean, I was a little bit disappointed with Andreskin. I th- I'm sure she would be as well, given how she started. I think she was you know, serving well. She was winning lots of points on her, on her first serve. But as soon as that percentage dropped um, in that second set, yeah, it sort of went away from, from her a little bit. And she gave herself too much to do in that third set. I think Andrescu was four love down. And <laughs> we noticed... Andrescu had a medical timeout at, what was it, one game away from defeat with Golubic uh, serving. And we said to each other, oh, Golubic is not going to like that. And you know, when that mini fight back did start and I was I was sort of wondering, you know, is, is Golubic going to get more irritated and frustrated that, that that medical timeout happened when it did before her serving, which arguably it looked a little bit like it, it, it put her off uh, you know during the match but yeah all credit to her being able to ultimately get it done in the end and I think Andrescu will be frustrated that she gave herself too much to do in that third set that ultimately two breaks wasn't enough to recover. Yeah and I think we spoke to Bianca in press after her first match win and she talked about aspirations of 2023 getting back into the top 10 and it looks like she's kind of problem solving on court but she's not executing her game as she used to. Uh, I think still there's moments of brilliance but I think it's something where it is going to take some time and Bianca in 2019 wouldn't be losing these matches she'd find a way to win and I think that kind of demonstrates where her level is at heading into next year that there are moments of brilliance but I do think the two tight matches she's played here haven't necessarily demonstrated the best of what we can see from her um her second serve was pretty handy today so that's something to take from it but overall I do think it is um a disappointing result for for her in this in this respect Agreed. And I think, you know, she's obviously coachless at the moment. You know, she's having interviews. So certainly I think having uh, someone in her corner who's going to help her, I think, give her direction, give her a game plan of, of what to do during the matches, I think would certainly help next season. But to me, what was also kind of surprising in terms of the results, because we in the second time we had Benchic versus Fernandez. Now, Fernandez was coming off uh, her last singles match with a double vagal against Trevisan. And all of a sudden, within, you know, what was it, 20, 25 minutes, she was on the receiving end of a bagel against Belinda Bencic. Who would have thought? I don't think anyone would have, given the fact that she had two matches in 90 minutes uh, just the day before, and then she was bageled herself. So I'm hoping that this doesn't kind of ring any alarm bells for Heather Watson if she plays tomorrow, having taken a bagel from, from Diaz, that keeping it going is obviously pretty difficult. But I think these two have a bit of history in terms of their matchups. I know that... Fernandez has beaten her in uh, this competition before and also beat her in uh, in Roland Garros. So I think Benchich had a bit of a point to prove having kind of won their last match. But I think she wanted to make the point in a team competition like this because that was against a 17-year-old Fernandez at the time. So she really did um, start quickly and a very, very uh, valiant fight back from Fernandez breaking back when Benchich was, ser- was serving for it. Um, and if you lose a set six, love, I mean, picking it up, picking yourself up and being able to play in that second set and deliver a competitive set is something to be uh, happy with. But obviously, Benchish was playing too well today because 
that sort of result, the loss of five games in this matchup, is something that no one would have really have predicted before. No, I think the Canadian fans were in a state of, of shell shock, really, after that first set. When uh, Fernandez won her first game in, in that second set, yeah, there was sort of big whooping, big hollering, um, you know, trying to get her kind of motivated and, and G'd up. And I do think, you know, Fernandez has shown that she's got a great test of character and, and strength. And, you know, even if she is in a really difficult situation, she is able to kind of fight. She doesn't just give in that easily. And we certainly saw that a lot more in the second set. But I think, yeah, looking at the numbers, I think she'll be disappointed with, you know, her first serve and, and how it was handled quite easily I think by by Benchich. Benchich was getting a lot of returns in and um, you know seemingly at times was just breaking the the Fernandez serve at will so you know for me I think there's obviously improvements that the both individual players can make for for Canada and I think you know looking at it I think what's so I guess disappointing from a Canadian perspective is how easily they won the you know how they won the doubles you know you felt like that was you know, an advantage for them. Yes, maybe that the Switzerland uh, nominations would have been different if the tie was, uh, you know, one apiece. But it sort of created this quite subdued atmosphere, didn't it, for the uh, the doubles match when, um, you know, we had Dabrowski and Fernandez come back on court, you know, to face Jill Teitman and Simona Walter, who was on Billie Jean King Cup debut, which, yeah, as I say, was a little bit of a subdued atmosphere, but probably from her point of view, quite a nice tie to come in knowing that you've already kind of secured the victory. Yeah, it never really got started. And I think the the Canadian girls had a point to prove that if they had made it to that doubles, they could have done something pretty special. They did not want to lose 3-0 today. And you've got to really respect Fernandez for coming back out there, putting that defeat behind her and enjoying her time on the court in the doubles and ending on a po- bit of a positive note from a personal perspective for her. But Dabrowski, again, I mean... We saw her last year in Prague, and she is a cut above when it comes to doubles. Some of the shots she was uh, she was hitting could gasp from the crowd. Um, I think almost like a standing ovation from you, Joel, on one of them, because she was making all sorts of shots. And match point, she almost ran off the court to make the winner. So I think um, from, from her, it must be frustrating because she doesn't often get herself into these situations where she's able to kind of win that decisive rubber. Obviously, it was already 2-0. Um, in favour of Canada the last time she took the doubles court and this time uh, she'd already lost <laughs> so uh, that you've got to feel for her because she seems like she's really up for it she's playing great tennis and if it was a deciding doubles I, I, I wouldn't bet against her yeah it was, <laughs> it was sort of disappointing from that perspective because yeah Dabrowski is such a great uh, competitor and again I think a great test of character seeing Fernandez come back after shots you know, short period of time off the court. I wasn't even sure, to be honest, if they were going to even play the doubles. You know, given Switzerland had qualified, um, were you sort? Were you surprised at all? They they played the doubles, or was I don't know if they needed to play it to decide who was going to end bottom of the group. But um, you would have thought maybe you know some of the the players would have wanted to kind of you know Jill Tightman, for example, maybe one of would have wanted to save her legs for for this for another semi final. I think even though she played, I think she did save her legs a little bit with the 6-2, 6-1 result. Um, I was definitely surprised that they played it uh, because I know they don't play it when it comes to the semi-finals and Italy were already bottom of the group. I guess it's about kind of dotting the I's and crossing the T's so that there's a, a, uh, a much more easy to understand table where everyone's played the same number of matches, the same number of rubbers. And it, I guess the spirit of the competition, it is about making sure that you do kind of play all of those rubbers in the group stages to see where you place and 
if you set a president of not playing them at this stage, then I probably don't think that's a great message. But when it comes to semi-finals, I think obviously um, that doesn't make any sense to play them. So we'll see what they do tomorrow. But I was also thought we might maybe get the the US Czech match started early, but no, no. We had to watch a dead doubles match. <laughs> Chris, you were actually on, you were checking the live scores for Yelena Ostapenko in her Billie Jean King Cup what qualifying match. There's been qualifiers going on this week. It's not just the the finals. Yelena Ostapenko out facing Austria one on a on a yeah on a final final match. So there's always something kind of going on. I mean, before we get into the USA versus Czech Republic tie, your prediction yesterday was was Canada to go through are you nervous about your prediction with with regards to the United States versus Czech Republic given for me we've had a little bit of a surprise upset I know I know Switzerland got to the semi-finals last year but I thought Canada were looking strong and with the fans behind them as well I thought yeah I thought they were gonna at least get to the the knockouts well I mean I saw the nominations and I, I backed the Czech Republic I think I can't remember what I said but I'm pretty sure that's what I said um and I thought that Coco Goff, I thought she would be playing, but I did not think she'd be playing Sinyakova. So that's the second highest ranked singles player. He's also the world doubles number one. And you aren't able to change your singles nominations. So I feel like there's some maths going on here from the Czech team that Pliskova didn't play well yesterday. And so you need to play someone who's ranked higher than Von Drusova for her to be able to play the second singles because she has a good record against Danielle. So although I'm surprised to see that and the thought of, you know, uh, Sinyakova having to double up doesn't make too much sense given the fact she's just flown in from Fort Worth. Uh, I'm slightly concerned, but I'm sure the Czechs have thought this through. And that first match of Andrusova Collins is going to be the one that decides it, I think. Conspiracy theories are well and truly out. So we're going to go away and go and watch that match and come back and digest our thoughts. So we will be back to talk about United States versus Czech Republic. We are just coming out of USA versus Czech Republic. And surprise, surprise, Chris, Czech Republic. Was, was it a surprise? Czech Republic winning 2-1. I think for me, what was the surprise was them winning both of the singles. Because in the episode before, we were talking about this was going to be another one that was going to go to a doubles decider. But lo and behold, Sinyakova, not in the doubles position, in the number one singles position, getting a great win over Coco Goff. I mean, none of us were talking about that being the selection for this match. So master straight from the captain. It really was. Get yourself someone who can be your number one singles and number one doubles player. It was it was a really, really impressive match from her. I think Von Drusifer, we weren't quite so surprised by the fact that she took out Danielle. I think that was always going to be a tough matchup, given how well we've seen Von Drusifer play at this tournament. Um, she loves playing for her country, doesn't she? She does. She absolutely loves it. She barely loses a set, let alone um, uh, a match. So that was not too much of a surprise. But the Sinyakova match was super tight in that first set. And then it just ran away from Coco Goff. So I guess we've had one where we still haven't had that sort of decisive um, doubles match, which kind of puts the, the GB match yesterday was the only match we've seen, which was live right until the final point in terms of the result needing to be a clean sweep so the third match was important whereas this one again we've had another dead doubles rubber that was played yes i know it was all it was all very strange it was again all very kind of subdued in the building and it really kind of rested on those those two singles and as you say it was for me two very ugly performances from coco goff and, and daniel collins i feel like they're capable you know of, of so much better and um i think we should start with sinyakova goff 
you know, seven six six one. Coco Goff by the end of it to me just looked like she wanted her her off season to start. I mean, Sinyakova, I think won 15, 15 or so points in a row. It just went away from her very, very quickly. And it was a little bit surprising to me because, as you say, it's kind of Sinyakova. She's played so much doubles recently, you know, being in the in the finals in, in Fort Worth, coming over here. So you certainly would have thought, you know, she would have been there, there or thereabouts for the, the doubles action. But to see her in singles action, coming in for Karolina Pliskova, yeah, an absolute kind of masterstroke by the captain that I think caught everyone by surprise, including Coco Goff. Yeah, I think also when you look at that matchup, um, Senyakova has lost her last three matches against Coco Goff. So clearly there's some sort of um, unbelievable sort of premonition that came across the the Davis, uh, the, fair, the Billie Jean King Cup captain in the sense that that's not necessarily a matchup you think would go too well. But I felt like they were probably, as I said earlier, going for the Von Drusifer and then the doubles. So I think that Senyakova was a real bonus today. And um, maybe the fact that Coco was expected to win that actually kind of worked on the, in well, not in US's favour by putting her in that spot, because if it had been a Pliskova, there would have been a lot less... Um, pressure on her because everyone knows she's a Grand Slam finalist, two-time Grand Slam, three-time, sorry, Grand Slam finalist. Um, and on an indoor court, she could be very dangerous. So the pressure was really on Coco, especially after losing that first singles. And unfortunately, she, she couldn't really handle it today. No, and it does bring up the, you know, the question on, you know, did she put herself forward? Was she, should she have kind of put herself forward? Because, you know, you, you wonder whether, you know, there might have been better, perhaps fresher, selections given Coco Goss record in singles recently I'm you know thinking back to to Fort Worth in in Texas she was not playing particularly great kept losing also in the doubles you know kept losing yes she looked good earlier in the week when she was you know playing in the doubles with with Katie Putnally but to me it was just this was a match where in a part to be expected if you're not up for it it just looked to her like the final match of the season. I'm ready to pack my bags, get onto the you know the off season, and uh, you know have a little bit of relaxation time. And yeah, by the end, it just felt like she wanted to get off court as quick as possible. Yeah, I think she really needed the time off. Um, it's been a really long season, and this just extends it even further. It takes more away from what would be her off season. So. Uh, not the way anyone would want to end their season. So I do really feel for her, but I do think that um, hopefully this season now over that she can start afresh next year. And looking ahead to the semi-finals, now we have a rematch. We have a rematch, Czech Republic versus Switzerland. Where do you see that battle being won and lost? Well, I remember last year, it was the doubles that made the difference, I think. I think it was um, Von Drusova got an easy singles win against Golubic and then... Mm. It was a case that Benchich toughed out a three-setter, I think, against Krajikova. That is very good knowledge. I, no need to assume, <laughs> fact-checking, <laughs> I will fact-check myself there. Um, but no, it was an interesting one because they both got some of their, their key players who did well for them last year. So Benchich was a standout, so was Teichmann, and so was Von Drusova. So I can't see that second singles going to anyone other than Von Drusova if they play in that, uh, in that sort of... Um, formation that they have done so far I think Benchich is going to get the first singles I've said this multiple times it's going to go to the doubles and then I'd have to say I would go for Teichmann and Benchich because they don't have a, a doubles pair that play together and I think Benchich and Teichmann have so much chemistry and they really want it this year they've talked about it so I'm going to say 
Switzerland getting the win again. What about you? Mm, okay. Yeah, I think I think you're right with with Von Drusova. I think she plays fantastic. It's so frustrating. We don't I feel see enough of that on the tour. I feel like she's very injury prone and it stops her playing playing a lot of tennis. And I think Sinyakova is almost a, a secret weapon in in the singles, I think, because you know, she's inside the top 50 at the moment. I feel like she would be higher if she, you know, focused her efforts on the singles, but of course, she's such a fantastic, you know, doubles player with Barbora Krachikova. They've won three Grand Slams this year. So, yeah, for me, it's going to, I think, rest on how I think Senyakova, I think, fares probably in the singles and the doubles. And to be honest, I'm actually going to give Czech Republic the edge. They've got the biggest fan base here. And I, again, I think they're going to provide a great atmosphere that uh, I think I'm going to, yeah, going to back the Czech Republic uh, to, to get through to the final. So once again, we are divided in our opinions. <laughs> I know. We'll have to see. I mean, we'll have to see how you know, that gets on tomorrow. That is the later uh, semi-final. Of course, we've got the first semi-final coming up, GB versus Australia. I mean, just before we, we finish this catch-up on day four, now that we're even closer to this kind of historic <laughs> this historic day for uh, the GB Billie Jean King Cup team. Where do you think that match will, will be won and lost? It either will go one of two ways. The team will be so inspired and be able to take that energy through they've had so far, or it might be one of those things where it could go off the boil mm. having had such a high. And I think it's really hard to keep that momentum going. I think the girls will be able to do it. Um, but I think in terms of how I would play it, I think if it, if it ain't broke, uh, don't try and fix it. So... I would play the exact same formation as they have done previously. Um, every single member of that team who played in the last match will have so much belief in their game that they can do that because they played some of the best tennis ever played in the, like a couple of days ago. So I would not change it up. And I think it's harder for a team like Australia to play uh, the underdogs in this sort of in this sort of situation. So. I think Tomjanovic Dart will be interesting. It's a very different matchup. They're both going to really fight for every point. Um, I do think that we probably will get the second singles. And then I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, I'm back in the Brits. I'm back in the Brits. Ooh. I think we're going to be in the final. Interesting. Yeah, I think it could come down. It could come down to that doubles. I think there there is a worry that we've almost already peaked or, you know, the job's done. You know, we've we've got to the semifinals and, and that's, you know, a great achievement in itself and I think it's about blocking that out of your mind and actually getting down to business and actually thinking about what you know what could be possible particularly against you know yes this Australia team is a very very good team but there's certainly you know I would say there's certainly opportunities there particularly with the you know the tennis that that GB are playing across Heather Watson, Harriet Dart, Barnett Nichols and then adding in the crowd factor as well which I think is going to really give hopefully the GB edge um yeah it should be a fascinating tie so we'll have to see what happens in the semis unfortunately I am actually taking a flight um tomorrow you know I was so <laughs> I'm gonna have to hold my hand up here I'm so pessimistic kind of going for, for GB's chances that I'm actually taking a flight back to London tomorrow morning but you you are you are you know number one fan here dedicated fan you have changed up your flights and you're going to be sticking and staying around for the action. Well, actually, Joel, I had more belief. My <laughs> flight was an evening flight, so I, I thought the semi-final would go mm. perfectly for us. And um, Yeah, I should have had more belief. I guess I'm still leaving before the final, yeah. I'm just tainted by all my Tim Hemman growing up years, I feel, of, of just taking... The maybe moments. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yes, 
yes, we will be back on Monday to do a full catch-up of the semi-finals and the finals. Kim will be getting on board as well. In the meantime, we actually do have a little bit of a bonus Billie Jean King Cup pod. We caught up with the tournament director, Rebecca James, to talk about the event, how to put on event and an event of this magnitude. We're going to be releasing that on Sunday. So have a look out for that. Really, really interesting. Me and Chris asked quite a few questions. We, of course, asked her as well, how does she take a cup of tea? A question we always ask all of our guests to be put on the brew board. So you should listen to it just for that answer, Chris, because it was one, it was an answer that I don't think we've, I don't actually think we've had on the show before. It was wild. <laughs> Listen to the end because it's controversial. It is controversial. We don't end on a good note, put it, it is, that way. It is deeply controversial, yes. But listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening to this day four catch up with the Tennis Weekly podcast with myself and Chris. As I said, we are going to be back with our proper catch up, looking back on the semifinals and finals of the Billie Jean King Cup and the action in the next gen finals plus looking forward to all the action that's happened so far in Turin as part of the end of season tour finals on the ATP side of things which kicks off on Sunday so a lot to a lot to discuss then so I hope you can join us for that but in the meantime it's goodbye from Chris goodbye and it's goodbye from myself we'll see you again soon